Hello and welcome to Fragmenters, the most entertaining podcast that I've found where you get to have a conversation with business women who are enthusiastic about life, work, and money. We love building up other women and getting them ready for their new careers. Cause, 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 no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Hello and welcome back, my friends, to Fragmenters. Thank you so much for everyone who's been listening, liking, and subscribing, reviewing. It helps so much getting our voice out to more women. And one of the women that I am excited for you guys to meet today is Valerie. Tre- okay. Is Valerie Trepunsky. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning. And Valerie is the founder and CEO of Chatterboss. Can you give us a little bit more information about what your business is? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on. Uh, Chatterboss is a remote executive assistant company. So we work with entrepreneurs and business owners, and we provide them with access to a dedicated and on-demand executive assistant. And one of the things that uh, we've been operating now for six years, one of the things that's been our focus is shifting what the industry sees virtual assistants are and into creating as an organization the future of what uh, remote executive assistants are for entrepreneurs, which is really those uh, thought partners in your business that are dedicated to your success. So someone uh, that you can kind of come to your troubles with and 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 get a solution uh, worked out with you. So uh, a lot of our customers will call us their mini COOs. And that's the, that's the trajectory uh, that, that we want to move this industry into. I love that. Not only are you one of the only females who have founded this business that is very female dominated in, in most respects, but you're also changing the trajectory. And that is why I think women need to be in these roles. You are looking at it completely new. Absolutely. And it's it's a conversation that we have, uh, we've been recently having uh, within the company, which is we've been working on our core values mm-hmm. and rolling that out. We've had core values before. We've kind of revamped them as a team now. And this is our set that we're going to stick with for a long time. And one of the things that's been coming up in those conversations, well, what's the persona of your organization, right? If it was a person, who would uh, this person be? And we had to say, you know, this would be a woman, right? This persona that, that that we embody because women have this nurturing, caring energy and it is, uh, it, it's it's distinct. So, so that was uh, pretty cool and has been in our space recently in terms of conversations. I have two things that came up. One was, I love that you came at them with core values. And then now that you've expanded, you've included your team. I think that is the most powerful thing you can do to grow a company and get everyone involved. That just kudos to you. And are you seeing a difference with your employees 
Massive, massive difference. One of the things that I heard really early on uh, in my entrepreneurial journey is that there is no such thing as not having a company culture. You have company culture. Uh, you have values, said or unsaid. People are going to take your actions, your words, and they're going to make them mean what they make them mean. Mm -hmm. So by putting forward intentional and thoughtful values and co-creating them, you really get buy-in. It has been one of the most, uh, one of the coolest things that I've experienced in my business where I've always had the strategy that the business shouldn't uh, rely on me, that everyone within my organization is replaceable in the most loving way possible, including right. myself. So I always try to create that culture within our uh, organization. But this was really the moment that beyond the tactical, that you know, heart of the company, I'm like, it's beyond me. It's moved beyond and the company has embraced it. And it's been incredible the way that they've started to use it in their day-to-day. -day. It's like we have common language now to problem solve, to work through hard things, uh, to talk to each other about hard things that are happening internally. It has just been a blessing to do. That is so awesome. That I wish everyone could grab onto that. That's great. Now, the other thing I wanted to bring up is you said that when you were kind of formulating your core values, you imagined a woman, but I know that you were actually, this is an interesting take in fragmenters because it's usually the opposite, but you yourself are in a male dominated role, but you work with a lot of women. And we were discussing before that you are actually looking for more men to be in these yes. roles. Yeah, it is fascinating. My belief is that if you can get a diverse body of people coming together to solve a problem, you are going to solve the problem better than anyone else. And so as an organization and as an individual, I really believe uh, in diversity. And we've noticed pretty early on that we have very few individuals who are male, identify as male, who come to us and uh, who come into this industry. And I think it's because what we were saying earlier, uh, what the role is, it, how the role is seen is that it's a very female role, that it's very uh, caring uh, and nurturing. And I think sometimes there's also that dark side, you know, to that, like caring and nurturing. Mm -hmm. And you know, where it's like, I give too much of myself and kind of what are the other things that it could mean? I think like, you know, some people can take it a, a pretty far what it could mean. And even tying it back to our core values, that conversation, we were, when we were going through one of the definitions, the word nurturer came into the space. And actually the women in the room did not want the word nurturer. Okay. They felt like that is... My nurturing is for my family and uh, I, I want to you know, establish that boundary even though it's natural for me to be a nurturer. I want to actually be a little bit less of it in the workplace. So it was just really, really uh, interesting. But in terms of having uh, more men uh, join our team, it's something that we have been actively and intentionally working on. And, and we do have uh, more individuals joining our team. And I hope that with time, as people start to uh, understand the variety of this role, what 
it means, what it actually does. And we get that definition more defined in the entrepreneurial community that we're really going to have um, a healthy mix in there. That's exciting to hear because that's, that's the big goal is diversity in all the roles. So maybe you can help me because when I think of virtual assistants and what you've been calling them executive, I can't remember the rest. Remote executive assistants. Yes, remote executive assistants. When I think of them, I think of like doing emails and scheduling your calendars and that's about it. I haven't looked a lot into it. So maybe you can explain here how your how it currently is perceived and how you're actually moving forward with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's a lot in the space of the industry uh, that correlates a virtual assistant and executive assistant as a task doer. Tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. And I think even further, there's a stigma or there's a fear that I have to be really prescriptive with how I hand things off. I have to really uh, oversee you and micromanage you. And, and people talk a lot, right? Give the low level, you know, the low level things to your um, virtual assistant. And this is a strategy. And we have to say it's important for entrepreneurs, actually for all of us to be handing off the things that we are not uh, good at and we do not like and that do not make sense for us. Those are not our core competencies and our core joys. Those are the things that we have to hand off to others. But there is something in the way that um, you know, I think that over the last five to seven years, as the culture of virtual assistance in executive in 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 startups uh, has started to really come alive, you know, has a, has depersonalized the person that's doing the work, right? Yes. So it's there is a big focus on what will be handed off. There is it's very clear that it's kind of menial, small things in some ways that people talk about it. Mm -hmm. And it, it, there's rarely a conversation of, or hasn't been as much conversation of who is the right person? Who will it delight to do these kind of things? What do they need? And so when we started six years ago, people really came in not treating the assistants like robots, right? Like we had to remind them, like you are working with people. Now it's different. I think that we are just, as a species, we are, uh, we're becoming more self-aware and, you know, mm -hmm. this is taking time to roll out to, you know, kind of to everyone. The brief is still out there and, and people are still getting uh, briefed in on this. But I think that that's been where the space has been and where we are going is imagine this is a person that is in that is communicating to you about very personal things. They are really becoming your right hand. Your calendar is extremely personal. I don't know about you, but I have my doctor's appointments on mm -hmm. my calendar. I have my family's uh, important information on my calendar. If I don't have something on my calendar, I, I, I risk to forget it. And so I put really uh, personal things on there and it's really sensitive, you know, the, the way that things need to be moved around there. My email is extremely sensitive. I, I So my person who is my 
personal executive assistant, I have so much trust and I have so much respect and I treat them like a partner in my business because they're helping me solve. They are not just moving things around. They are actively and thoughtfully engaging with the rest of my team to talk about things that need to be done. And then it becomes layers and layers. So really your your executive assistant, your personal assistant, your right hand in the right setup really becomes a really important part of your organization. And it's um, it's really, really cool. I love that outlook so much. And I see it reflected in my current job. The, the admins are the executive assistants and stuff. They are actually treated like the key masters because they really are. If if you want to get anything done, you talk to an admin. I have not been above finding out what their favorite things are and sending them like a little candy bar or something. And if I have a problem, she always, she's like, yes, I'll help you right away. Not that she favors me now, but just, I think it's awesome to change that culture because you're right. These people before and not just virtual assistants or a you know personal assistants but i own a laundromat mm. or not a well i do own a laundromat but a dry cleaner and a lot of people think of the employees there as just grunt workers these people are cleaning up literally cleaning up your secrets they're cleaning sometimes underwear you know they see the most personal aspect of you and to be treated like garbage, they have a lot of power. So I love hearing that there's other people out there that really want to change that dynamic and be like, yes, you you may not, they may not work on your level and they may be doing what you think is too easy, but it's it's their passion. And just because their passion is different than yours doesn't make them or what they do any less. And without them, you're fucked. Like seriously, you can't do anything. If they went in there and just mixed up your calendar, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and you know, um, you know, it, it it it's one of the aspects, right? Some of those things that are, you know, like you said, there are there are things that people go into this kind of work because they love it. And so they find their passion, but also the other kinds of things. So that's just a small portion of what um, our assistants do, what the other types of things that our assistants can do and why our clients will call them mini COOs and why we really want to kind of change the landscape. They can set up your CRM. They can recommend a CRM for you. They nice. can audit uh, your automations. They can set up your automations. They can act as your client success person. So they can be in an inbox interacting with your clients. They can be getting on calls with them. They can be onboarding them. They can be doing anything that doesn't require a full-time person, but that requires a human interaction. And it, it's one of the, the things that it's, we do not believe that assistants are 
jewels of all trades. That's something that we've been talking about <laughs> a lot, uh, which is sometimes it's just expected that you have an assistant and it's a catch-all for everything. What we do with our clients when they come on is we really look at their administrative world and the administrative world is just so much bigger than what we have in our minds. It's not just email and calendar. It's also your project management. It's yeah. also your team communication. It's also your processes and your systems. We will also document uh, processes and set up a standard operating procedures. So it's a really, really um, operational role. And the way that we are set up is that when we, we help you look at that administrative world, and then we say, okay, it looks like in this administrative space, you are needing things in this area. And so we're going to get an EA that specializes, for example, in project management, and they are uh, the ones that are going to take the lead. And, and then if you have other things, let's say you have some creative work, some copywriting work, some video editing work, they tap into the bigger network of assistants. So that's also been culturally um, interesting for us to explore is that we do not, um, we've set up a, a model where it's not um, it's not hanging on one person. And that's a benefit both to the entrepreneur and to the assistant, because the assistant doesn't have to carry all the burden, all the weight, and the entrepreneur doesn't have a bottleneck when the assistant goes on vacation or something happens. And so there's just really security for both parties. That's amazing. And the assistant doesn't have to do things they don't want to do. Exactly. That's Oh, I love it so much. So I'm assuming when you were a little girl, you didn't think that you wanted to be the CEO of a virtual assistant company. How did you get into this? It's a great question. And I love the way that you uh, <laughs> phrase it. That was so creative. Um, I was just thinking, what did I want to be when I was a little girl? I wanted to be an interior designer or a dolphin trainer. Uh, those were dolphin my, trainer. I love dolphin it. Um, when I graduated, I went to school for marketing. When I graduated, I went into advertising and I thought that I found this thing that I'm going to stay in forever. I loved the energy. I loved the creativity. And then I had decided, you know, I'd given up my dreams of training dolphins. And I said, <laughs> You know, really the, the 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 logical for me, career for me, where I see kind of myself 15, 20 years from now is I'd like to be the CEO of an advertising agency. Mm -hmm. And then I, uh, I got an opportunity to uh, work as a personal assistant, rather to interview as a personal assistant. Um, and at that time, I have to say, I had the same idea of what a lot of people have about personal assistant work. And I said, well, I went to school. I am, you know, I have this job, which I feel is very prestigious mm -hmm. and I am definitely not going to go work as an assistant, but I went for the interview and it kind of turned uh, things upside down for me because I was in my early twenties. Um, and the gentleman said, you know, do you have a passport? Can you travel at a moment's notice? Like, do you decide that you get to travel? Do you have to ask anyone? Can you just right. like hop on a plane and go? And I was like, yes. It's like, okay, then we get started. And we, I traveled to over 60 countries in a span of two and a half years oh, wow. uh, with this uh, position. So I, I, I really, I, I went into it thinking, okay, 
of course I can do executive assistant work. I didn't realize how hard it is. And actually that my skill set doesn't complement that. I just thought, look, anyone can do it, right? right. If I these things, I could do this. Actually, no, it was much harder for me um, to work as an executive assistant than an account manager within an uh, advertising agency. And so I had to learn a lot. I had to do a lot of things that were outside of what are my core competencies. So it was, it was really, really hard for me to do that kind of work. And, you know, and then the progression from there was I somehow kept continuing to get these jobs. And I, and I believe that I ended up in, in kind of the, the very, like the, the 1% top of like where you can possibly go in that industry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to get out of here because the the core thing that I'm doing, this is not what I'm the best at. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it's, 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 it's really hard and very stressful. And then I transitioned into creating Chatterboss, which has been amazing because I could use this, the skills that uh, I have that are strong and I don't have to kind of live in some of my uh, weaknesses, but I've, I have brought that kind of empathy to the role, understanding what was expected of me. What was very hard for me to do. And actually, if I had the help and if I could just say, you know what, guys, I'm actually not good at this. And you expect that from an assistant, but I don't have it. If I got if I had that freedom to say that and there was uh, some extra support, I could have continued on in the role. But there was just a lot of shame about, you know, an assistant has to have these like very particular uh, skill sets. And I didn't have all of them. Yeah, I could not be an assistant I am not organized enough (laughs) that is not my strong suit so yeah I have so much respect for them and I respect you for being able to say you know what it's just not my strong suit and I love how you described you're like I was in this prestigious role and I didn't want to move into what other people perceive as not the same regard when really a lot of people can't do what they do. That's why they give them the work. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) And what you said, right? You said, I couldn't be an assistant because I'm not organized enough. And Mm -hmm. here's what's interesting. uh, And and, and I think that for a lot of people, what I'm going to say, this could feel like scary because that's not what do they um, expect from this role, mm-hmm. but not every type of assistant has to be ultra organized. And here is how we set it up and how we uh, hedge for it. We look at the entrepreneur and we look at the characteristics of the entrepreneur. So let's say that your level of kind of conscientiousness or organization or dependability as an entrepreneur is, is really low, right? And if we actually give you an assistant that's really high, you guys are not going to last together because this the, the assistant is hyper focused on process and detail, and they're going to constantly be frustrated with the entrepreneur. And in our case, it's more likely that the assistant will say, unpair me than the client, which usually we feel like the power dynamic, right? I fire you, right? It is, right. It's, it's opposite, right? The assistants that say, this isn't working for me. So we want to be really sensitive to the pairings. So then we're going to look at you and we're going to say, as the entrepreneur, we're going to say, we need to give you somebody that's like, 30 to 45% more organized than you. And that will be enough for you to have a positive dynamic. And so you actually can 
in theory, be considered to have low organization and be the right fit for a specific entrepreneur. So my personal philosophy on hiring is that there is the right fit for absolutely everyone. You just have to be really responsible how you're pairing people. I love it. I love it. Now you went from, you said you're at the top tier of personal assistance, and then you went out and started this company. How difficult was that? What, what were some of the obstacles that you came up on? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, you know, some of my obstacles really live into why it was interesting to, to have this conversation and be on this podcast with this uh, particular audience, because what I found for myself getting started was, well, forget anything else. I didn't have entrepreneurs in my space. I didn't know any entrepreneurs, uh, no one that you know, I graduated with, became an entrepreneur that I knew very well. So I had to kind of start doing that digging and kind of reaching out to second connections, third connections. Hey guys, can anyone give me, um, you know, anyone that uh, kind of is in my area that would want to guide me? Because that's what I, I, I knew that the idea is good. I knew that I can make a good product, but how do you just start a company? Yeah. So I felt uh, I felt that a lot. And it took a year, a year and a half for me to really find my footing. And what I was trying to do in the in at that time is just to find people that, you know, that have walked this journey before. Uh, I don't like to I if, if I can, I want to learn from the mistakes of others. And so I got very lucky. I found a number of different mentors that really took me under their wing and gave me resources and gave me connections. And that's how I was able to fly. I know for sure, if I had no one, I would not have been able to grow my business. My my first customers came directly from people that started to mentor me. And they just said, take this, take this person, take this person. And, and um, it, it, it's really a merit of community. But what was interesting, all of my uh, mentors are male. And mm-hmm. that's still today. And I have been trying really hard to actively seek out female founders, female CEOs, you know, that that I could collaborate with. And I've had to be really intentional. There is uh, one woman, B. Arthur, that has been an incredible support and a mentor to me over the last year and a half. I had to literally send her a gift to her house to connect with her because <laughs> I just didn't have anyone in my network somehow, right? It's just, it's, it's weird, but that, that's, that's what it was. And it's still something that I really crave today, right? Having other female founders as mentors. So there, there's still, there's still a pretty big gap, unfortunately for me. Oh, for sure. So ladies listening, if you are a founder and entrepreneur and built your own empire, reach out to Valerie. She's looking for friends. (laughs) Thank you. That's, that's very uh, special. Thank you for putting that out there uh, for me. I think that that's how these things happen. So Usually I ask what helped you the most. You said a lot of mentors. Is there anything else that helped you in continuing the pursuit of this endeavor? And obviously it's worked. You've been out there six years. Yeah, I'm very motivated by freedom and by independence. Mm. I think that every time I thought that I I considered kind of giving up, 
And I started to look, well, like what else would I do with my time? And I realized I am not cut out for working uh, for others. I work really well with others, but I do, uh, I, I really struggle with authority. I have all the classic <laughs> things. So I just knew that I have to have a business that works. I, I just don't, I, I felt like I really don't have uh, any other choice. So that motivator, like in a positive and like also, you know, from like a negative way as well has continued to keep me going. And then the other piece that's been really motivating is getting feedback from assistants and from clients. Um, I feel like we're making a real difference and that makes me feel useful. And I'm really motivated by being of service to others. And so one of the things that someone on our team recently said is that she said, my family never gets the short end of the stick because I'm here because I am able to bring my, I'm able to bring my full self home because of the environment that's here. And that made me feel very emotional. It made me feel like we're doing the right thing. And we're doing that not just for our internal team members, but we really, you know, we really stand up for this industry, what it looks like. We help people learn their boundaries as executive assistants, as service providers within our network. And we help entrepreneurs as well understand kind of what are their expectations, how to how how to get their dream team, right? And how to operate without friction. So that's been super meaningful when we're seeing that people that used to from both sides continue bump up against friction and challenge and just things are hard. And now they're feeling like it's easy. They have their dream team members, they have their dream clients, and their life feels lighter for that. I feel very grateful to be uh, to be doing this kind of work. That has to be so motivating. Just thinking of all the lives that you're impacting for a team member to say that they can go home and give their full self. That is the dream. And you, you have created that. I know that you've started bringing everyone in, but without your leadership to bring them in and create that environment, you are changing not only your employees' lives, the executive assistants. Also, like you said, the entrepreneurs, they're doing better because you so passionately put them with the right people so that they're not butting heads and they're their best self. And then their families and their teams, you're impacting so many people. This is, it's inspiring. Thank you so much. I'm very humbled. I'm very grateful. And I, I really appreciate your words. And it's something, it, it, it's it's so funny. I think it's a mix of uh, kind of my personality, you know, that it always feels like when I hear those things, I'm like, oh, that it's like, um, I don't know, where does that creativity, right? Where does creativity really come from? Do we really have ownership of our ideas or are we, you know, maybe I'm getting kind of like too wishy-washy, right? Like are things kind of being worked uh, through us, mm -hmm. not, you know, by us. So that's how I, I, I always feel. I always feel, I've always had this kind of sense of attachment and detachment at the same time to this company uh, where it's like, it's mine and it's not mine. Right. And, and lately it's, it's, it, it's been really feeling that way where, you know, and, and, and the real magic is inside uh, finding people that share the, 
those passions and and the same kind of morals and values and it's just it's so cool to see them work together and do this and then it's really like it really hit me I'm like wow we are at a place where it doesn't hinge on one person anymore because there were times of the of the of, of our growth where it was like oh if I when I there there were times that I stepped away not stepped away completely but mm-hmm. just I was in a different frame of mind and there was about six or seven months where you know I was just like keeping things alive but not really kind of putting any creativity or or really a lot of effort in and it, you know it, it stayed afloat but it was clear right if I'm not doing anything it's not growing and then as a different parts of growth it's been that way right if if um you know if this person leaves like out right like we're gonna roll back by a lot but we've gotten to a place where like i feel like if i step away if anybody steps away the culture is now bigger than us and this is like like this is the the the, the first time that like we're in that space and it's just been really like it's been cool That is exciting. That's awesome. So you've already said that you are looking for women to mentor you, but I feel like after so many years in the culture that you have helped cultivate, that maybe they could use you as a mentor, just throwing that out there. (laughs) But Um, why do you feel it's important for women to be in these roles? Um. It's really important um, because I think that it's it's all still very recent, the culture of in the world, but in this country of where women are, what seat at the table we have. One of my mentors, actually, when I was in college, was a woman in an advertising agency. And when she started... The only job for women was secretaries. Mm -hmm. And her story was that she fought to become an account person, which was really unusual at the time. Women weren't given those kind of roles. And she said she would come into the meeting room and guys would whistle at her and they would say, come baby, sit on my lap. Mm -hmm. And this was her reality. And I had an opportunity to work for her. And I'm looking at her and I'm realizing this was not that long ago. Right. Um, and these things take time. And I think that we've come a long way, but there is still a long way to go. And I think that I think that as women have more access uh, to these positions, to more capital, right? You make choices by where you put your money, where you give your money. And so I, I think that's where I was like talking about mentors, right? I'm thinking like, as the company grows and there's going to be a financial benefit, who does it benefit? Like I started to, to really kind of spin a little bit lately because I was thinking I'm doing all of this. I'm all about women, you know, having more power and more access to these roles, but I'm accepting help from people. And I'm, and, and, and I'm also not the person to say, I'm, I'm going to bring on the best person for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, regardless of, 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 of gender and and everything like that. But I started to realize, okay, I really have to be just intentional because there will be financial benefit. And I want women 
to financially benefit from what we've put together. So that felt like a really big discrepancy. Obviously, they, you know, uh, they they participate in the economy we're we're creating together through the way that we're set up, but on that bigger level. And so that feels important. And then, you know, my goal is if we continue to grow and I'll have, let's say, more companies. I'm trying to tell myself now, I have the power. I already have the power and I will have even more power in the future. And the easy thing to do, the, the thing that comes the the, the 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 quickest to you is not necessarily, you know, the right thing or the thing that you're supposed to be doing. And so I'm trying to be really intentional about, yes, of course, I would love to mentor women specifically. I feel very passionate about that. So if there's someone listening here that's in their journey, needing someone who's at my journey, right? That's exciting for me. And then also in the future, right, to be making decisions with my finances that that betters women because we think differently and that's great and there has to be there just has to be a balance right it's not about domination there just has to be a balance and we're still not at that balance point yet so those of us uh, who are in these positions now we are responsible for our generation and the next uh, generation creating that equality Absolutely. And something came to me as you were talking, and I don't know if you're receptive, but I'm just going to put it out there. One way that I can see that when you get to this financial spot, how you could mentor is maybe finding women entrepreneurs that are just on the cusp of, because you know, there's, you're at this one spot where you have to do everything because monetarily you can't afford it, but maybe they're just on the cusp of it. And you have a unique outlook where you could maybe donate hours or give them a break to help them build to the next level and that could be one way once you're there you could use your extra funding to aid in other people getting in there we are so on the same page we've been <laughs> really you are reading my mind because we've been you know every year is like a, a different stage of growth and we've been you know, we've been working hard, we've bootstrapped. Um, and so that's been, you know, it, it's been a challenge and we've been through COVID, but we are, our plans are in terms of our growth that, you know, kind of 2022 was the year of, of, of getting ourselves kind of beyond the, the break-even point. Mm -hmm. And, we hope to master that by the end of the year. And once we've reached mastery, well, then the next stage is who can I help and how can I help? And so those conversations, we've already actually started uh, kind of dipping our, our toes. We work with a great organization, uh, Million Dollar Women. They give uh, scholarships to female entrepreneurs. And as part of their scholarship, we've been offering for the women that are selected a certain amount of of VA hours, because just like you said, they're on the cusp, they're going there in that direction. And it's, 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 it's a helpful and, and meaningful break. So I, I, I love that. And, and just thank you for bringing that idea kind of back to the forefront. I, I believe that the things that we say become reality. Mm -hmm. So giving, giving this opportunity to kind of re recommit and resolidify that that's important. Uh, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, that's, I'm excited. 
I'm excited. And that just says you're a giver. And I believe that givers get. So <laughs> what is some advice you would give someone wanting to be an entrepreneur or a executive assistant or anything? I think that one thing that I've started to teach, one thing that I've noticed as a pattern, and it came up a lot when I was uh, starting Chatterboss, but in other parts as well, whenever I feel confronted with this big, overwhelming doubt, mm. I used to take it as the doubt is there to have me question it and, and make something better. So it's there as like a protective thing because it's, 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 it's valuable information and I should really engage with it. What I have since learned is that that big, big, like big doubt is actually you standing at the cusp at the, at the edge of what is that next big right thing and our brain just goes into overdrive, trying to protect us from making any kind of a big change that it does this mind tricks uh, on us. And it's happened to me absolutely before every best decision that I've ever made. Like the, I, I can think of five really huge things that have just brought my life into a significantly better right direction for me. And right before those was like, don't do it. You're going to fail. Stop right here. Go home, get in bed, mm -hmm. put over the covers. This is wrong. No one's going to like the, the bombardment of negative thought that happened. And I think that if I could tell myself earlier is that when you, when you hear that in yourself, you're at the right place. Right. It's a trick. It's lying to you. It sounds like this. But what it's actually meaning is you have to go. And I think that especially, I, I think that women suffer from what, what they call imposter syndrome. I don't know where I stand on, on this word in general, right? Because I think that everyone's this, it's this, right? right. It's this. I think that as humans, uh, we feel it. But I think that as women, we are more likely to listen to that voice. And so, and then we kind of, sell ourselves short a lot of the time because of that. And we're much more susceptible. If in that moment that this big conversation is happening, someone is also giving you doubt, which they a hundred percent do before you're about to do something really amazing for yourself and change your life. It really scares other people. They're like, yes. what about me? Are you going to leave me? Are you going to forget about me? And then we take a step back. So we just move much slower. So I would that's what I would share to my younger self. Oh my gosh. I love it. I got chills when you were talking about it because I've been there and you're right. That doubt is so loud, so loud. So that is great. Now, one thing that I want to know on a personal level is what you do for fun. You can't just work all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's actually it, it's true, right? <laughs> it, I, I love the way that you that you phrase your questions um, because <laughs> they really make me think. Because for a long time, I really connected the company as my hobby as well, and I think mm -hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs uh, do that, and then 
they kind of neglect all uh, the other things. So I've been trying to separate that Chatterboss is not my hobby, even though honestly, I'm so blessed. It's so fun for me. I can't <laughs> believe that, you know, you can make a living, do the thing that is just the, 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 the thing that you love so much that you would just do it for free. So, so there is a little bit of that. So it, it kind of, it, it looks like workaholic territory, but it's, it's because I, I kind of add projects to myself that are also fun, but I also read, I run, I do yoga. I like to spend time with my family. I feel no, really, thank you. You're grounding me a lot this morning and just <laughs> gratitude. Actually, with my assistant, one of the things that we did recently is we created a list of birthdays mm-hmm. of all of my friends, family members, kids of my friends. And it's a huge, massive list. And I said, yeah, I really want to be intentional when it's people's birthdays. It doesn't have to be a huge budget, but it has to be something like intentional that I'm thinking about them. And I could have cried when we finished that list. I was like, how lucky am I? Look at these people. And we're at an age and how my life has, you know, knock on wood turned out, right? They're all here, like on this uh, side with us, all of these people. So I try to spend my time with people in whichever, you know, capacity they're needing, or we're able to, you know, how people's lives are busy. But that's, that's what brings me a lot of joy. That's awesome. I do need to know what you're reading, though. (laughs) Um, a book that I'm currently reading is called all about love Uh and it's about the way that we are wired it's 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 not like a I'm thinking is it like in like the self-help category I guess yes right it but from the from the direction of love how do we perceive love how do we give love how do we accept love and how that's tied to the way that we were raised, um, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 stories that we've lived, the experiences that we've had, and it's been really, what's been really cool about that book has been the 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 sources that the author uses are real classics that in the in the literature of relationship of relationships that I that I never knew of. So it's like it, it's it's cool in and of itself but also some of the things that you kind of find like the source of some information that you knew for a while, but didn't know who wrote it first. Awesome. I'm adding that to my list. (laughs) I love reading too. So I know that you have plans, so I got to let you go. I'm sad about it. I did tell everyone who wants to reach out to you to reach out, but they need to know how. So how can people find you? Yes. Uh, So for Chatterboss, if there are any entrepreneurs listening who are needing their right hand, their kind of dream person, you can go to chatterboss.com. That's B-O-S-S.com. You can check us out, learn more about our team and schedule a consultation. And uh, if someone is just interested in connecting with me personally, I am on LinkedIn, Valerie Trapunsky. You can uh, feel free to send me a message there. Awesome. And I'll make sure to link it in the description. All right. Thank you so much, Valerie. This was an awesome conversation and I hope you have a lovely Friday. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you had as much fun as I did. If you liked this, please rate, review, and subscribe to ensure that you can more easily find me in the future. Thank you again. Bye. We got the
Right, so we put the hammer right down. Wanna be like us? Who 